Hello, everybody out there. Uh, welcome to the show, Last Exit to Brooklyn, now on Stork Media Podcast. Please rate and review this and um, check us out. We, uh, we got a big show tonight. Go ahead. We have big a very show. big show. Yeah, super talented actor, uh, David Allen Bache. Welcome to the show tonight. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, Thank you. Um, this is a big deal for us. Yeah, uh, super, super talented. <laughs> super talented Maybe overstating it a bit, oh, but yeah. I'm happy to be here. That's good. He's actually been the star of a few different shows. Uh, some the X's, which I was just actually watching a few episodes of just uh, just now. Oh, good. Yeah, it was funny, man. That's a powerhouse show. There was like a lot of big people on that show. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was uh, really fun to do. We they uh, uh, TV Land dragged it out over almost five and a half years. I think we did like sixty-eight or seventy episodes. Uh, me and that was Donald on for Dick like Donald five Faison. years. I know, yeah, I know, and I think the four people wow. that watched it really liked it. So, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we well we all watched it. So, well, there you go. So, whoever that fourth guy is, really. we're gonna have the fourth one come in at the end. Yeah, he's waiting. <laughs> I have him Perfect. waiting in the Zoom room. My brother is there in the Zoom. Room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're yeah, like, uh, and you're. And you're talking, where are you right now? You're in your panic room, it looks like, or something? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I uh, kind of threw together a little voiceover booth uh, in one of the closets here. I padded, I cut up a camping mattress and padded the walls, uh, which is also good if you have too much to drink or you're feeling very anxious. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Definitely our best uh, best sound quality for a guest we've had on hey, one of these okay. quarantine podcasts. Right. He's, a bro. He's a bro. Send me a blue ribbon. <laughs> it's it's already on its way. Yeah. Perfect. It'll be here. It'll be here in June. I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So I was I was actually um, scrolling through your IMDb. It's kind of ridiculous. It's there's so many. It's, you have so many credits. It's like I think you've been on every. CBS drama they ever made. Ever. <laughs> I know? saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been really lucky. I'll tell you, it's uh, I've been doing it a long time, and uh, I, you know, I, I never thought I would have had all the chances to do the cool stuff I did. Um, comedy was certainly uh, my favorite. I, I love making people laugh, and um, I got a chance to do some some great sitcoms over the years and uh, work with some great people. And uh, yeah, you know, some of those jobs were shitty, but. Uh, you take the bad with the good, and uh, almost all of them, I'm I, I would do all over again. Yeah. Okay. So do you like is there one com- specifically? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was just like- gonna say, is there one specifically that you thought was shit? Was like the, that you that you look back on? <laughs> I see. Yeah, I that knew was my I, question. I was gonna say. I knew. I, <laughs> yeah, I opened that box. Um, uh, you don't yeah, have you to know, say. No. Uh, uh, listen. You don't have to be the, specific. Were, no, there were the ones early on where mm. you know you 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 point and say the body's over there, right? And and you know the. With, sometimes even if you're on the show you come back a few times if you're not necessarily one of the leads right and i've been a series lead a series regular on a bunch of different uh series i've been very lucky but you know working your way up to that even in a, in a recurring role sometimes people they just they don't see you very often so they don't really pay you much notice you know i did a recurring role on rescue me 
um, back mm. in the day in New York. And, uh, you know, God love Dennis Leary. He's a funny, funny man. But, um, but you know, he was a total asshole to me. You know? Oh, shit. And he didn't. Oh, really? Well, he just thought I was some guy. Like, I, I happened to know the director of one of the episodes. And I did a, a few episodes. And so the director said, uh, walked me over. He's like, hey, Dennis, this is, uh, this is my David. You know, he and I go way back. And he's like, uh-huh. Oh, he's just shit. smoking a cigarette. He's like, yep. And he you know, didn't even look me in the eye. And, and I said, yeah, it's cool, man. The show's doing great. He's like, whatever. Like, who the fuck are you? You know? <laughs> and then, and then he, I think he may have literally said, who the fuck are you? you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and my friend, the director said, uh, oh, he, you know, he's playing the, the, that guy's boyfriend in that episode is really controversial episode. And then all of a sudden Dan's like, oh, and he got out of his chair and he, you know, he moved a cigarette <laughs> out of the way. And, oh yeah. Hey, how you doing? Oh yeah, sure. So, you know, there's some of those jobs where you think back and, you know, I, I don't want to talk shit, but uh, I guess I just did. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not the first to say anything about, uh, about Dennis, Dennis Leary. Yeah, so well, you know. Reputation precedes him, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, did, you, did you ever see that um, argument he had or the little tiff with Greg Giraldo? I don't know if you're familiar with Greg Giraldo. <laughs> I know Greg, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I've heard of it. It's legend, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah Pretty so funny, I, I bet. Yeah, it was on that. What was that show? Um, Tough Crowd with Colin mm-hmm. Quinn. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, um, Greg Giraldo kind of called um, Dennis Leary out for like not being prepared for the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, too. He, that too. Yeah, Dennis Leary. Actually, Dennis Leary kind of starts it. He goes, oh, you, man, you really prepare for this. To, he kind of he kind of like insults Greg Giraldo for being like yeah, for like for being writing professional. a lot for being professional right yeah yeah for being <laughs> yeah. funny yeah 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 um, yeah I, I did do uh, I just I did finish uh, which I have to make fun of because you know sometimes you got to laugh or you'll cry I did um, <laughs> I did do a horror movie just finished a horror movie uh, which you know all of the cast agreed was not so much horror as horrible and it was small, <laughs> small and yeah. Indie. Is that the one that's um, called no fear? Oh, you said it. Yeah. I was going to leave the name out, but too late. Oh, we um, can yeah. get, we can take it out. It's no, fine. don't No, It's okay. Don't they deserve <laughs> it. Um, yeah, that was a tough one. You know, the two, two guys said they were filmmakers and I'm not certain that they are. Oh, wow. They, it just felt more like a student film. I, I'm, you know, Ooh. it's, it, I'm a little, um, I think were, I, were there, were there, were there cameras there or? There, there was a camera, but but only <laughs> only one person who knew what to do with it, and it wasn't the director. Um, and you know, it, it, I think I um I I'm not a guy who gossips much. I I really you know yeah, Dennis didn't treat me well, so I that's something that sticks with me. But I don't have too many bad things to say about people. But I think if you don't if you don't treat the actors well and you're not prepared, you know that's what made me think of it. As you were saying, like uh, it's it's no joke to be prepared. Like you got to work really hard to make it look really easy i think in in mm-hmm. comedy and stand up in in drama and producing and writing so I, I just i felt like these guys were were really making a student film and um i did my share of those back in the day but that's not what this was was pitched to me as so you know i was kind of disappointed i think mm. how long did you did that take to shoot um about 16 seconds um, <laughs> oh wow uh, yeah but it was it felt like a month um, a lot of hurry up and wait huh yeah. no it was only listen it was a couple of weeks of my life i i wish these guys well i hope they you know I, I honestly i hope they spend some time on a professional film set and and watch and learn and see how it's supposed to be done and then try to do that because really that's all i've ever done is i got a chance to see other people doing what i wanted to do and i was like oh all right that's how you do it you know and um, I so how did you? I just was here. So did you study acting, or how did you get into it? Like how that's always my I barely. I mean, I don't know. 
can I think you could study acting, I guess. You could just say you studied acting. Who's gonna know? Right? <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is yeah. like pretend you I mean that's, that's the whole true. point, right? It's like, <laughs> yes, of course I finished the homework, but um, yeah. I did. I mean, I went to Emerson. Well, College. how did you like? How did you get into it initially? Was yeah, it something I, you were like, I want to do this? I did. I mean, since I was a kid, I loved being on stage. I loved the attention. Um, that's just the truth of it, you know. And uh, uh, it wasn't so much that I didn't want to be myself. I just really loved the attention, and I loved the storytelling of it. And um, and then uh, I went to Emerson College in Boston. Uh, I had a great four years at Emerson. I got a chance to do a lot of theater, a lot of live theater, and um, mm. start to do a little film work there in Boston. Um, and then, you know, I came to New York, waited tables like uh, all good actors should <laughs> and uh, did some commercials and then auditioned for a comedy pilot. I uh, got the job on this TV pilot. It was a big deal for me. It was one of the leads. And I, I got it because I looked and sounded like the writer's ex-boyfriend. Oh, perfect. She, she, yeah. She, <laughs> she, there was this guy that couldn't commit. And she hated him. And so she created this character to totally make fun of him. Yeah. And I walked in the room and, and opened my mouth and she was like, oh, God, you sound just like my ex-boyfriend. And of course I thought, well, I'm screwed. But as it turned out, that's why she hired me. So, you know, there's some lucky breaks like that along the way. And, uh, you know, here we are. That's, that's so, great, man. What was that? What was that pilot called? That uh, what was that called? That was called... Some guys, I think, some guys, and it didn't so was go. that one of your failed? It didn't pilot. go. No, no, there were a bunch of failed pilots, you know. Um, yeah, but um, that one didn't go. Uh, there was a, a, a chiropractor who, like, this hugely misogynistic, uh, oversexualized chiropractor. Uh, that wouldn't fly today, would it? Um, and and then I was no. the guy who couldn't commit, like the very wealthy guy who you know, wined and dined everybody, but then couldn't commit. Um, and, uh, there were, you know, a couple other characters. It was, you know, it was not high concept. Um, and then, uh, I did another pilot. I did another pilot it was supposed to be like friends, but a few years later. So it was like people, they were in their thirties and starting to have kids and that didn't go. And then, uh, I don't know, there were a bunch of other pilots in there too. It was one about a hotel that didn't go. I mean, you know, Mm. What, do, what do you think about doing pilots? I mean, is that like a, I mean, it's kind of like, can, can be a disappointing experience sometimes, right? If it doesn't go. Yeah. Right. You know, it used to be that if you, if you got a pilot, you, you know, you could pay your rent for the year, you could live, mm. you could, I mean, and the, so that was like the holy grail for actors to get a pilot. Um, and if you wanted to do comedy, you know, getting a comedy pilot, whether it went on the air or not, um, people would see it, you know, and it would make the rounds and then all of a sudden you're on a list. So I think it, it meant a lot more uh, a while back. Now, it's they're not making as many pilots. And, you know, in the world we live in today, I think, um, you know, studios and, you know, TV networks and even the streamers spending a million dollars to make a pilot or a couple million bucks just to see if it's going to work. I don't think they're going to do that anymore. I think we're going to see less and less of it. I think they're just going to put their money where their mouth is on a on a script going right to series and, you know, they'll make 10 of them and they know they're going to sell them somewhere and, and then maybe they'll make more. Well, uh, uh, I know Tom is a big movie buff and we've been talking about this lately. Mm. Um, what do you think right now? What's going to happen with movies? I mean, it feels like with this whole pandemic, it might be a big game changer about how, the, how it's going to go forward. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a mystery. I mean, you know, I'm, uh, thank God for the voice stuff. Um, and there's a couple but I mean, I actually mean in the... Th in the theaters, I mean. You mean going I to see them? Oh, I thought you were talking about making yeah. them. I was going to yeah. say, you know, uh, I was going to say that, you know, I, 
my wife was supposed to be on a TV set for a show, got hired mm. and that got shut down. It was in, in Montreal, you know, so making them is going to be the first hard part. Um, right. But then, yeah, going to a movie theater. I mean, I don't know if the seats are going to be six feet apart. I don't know. They're only going to sell a certain amount of seats. Um, you know, it wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't be the end of the world if you're six feet away from the asshole who's talking, <laughs> right. texting yeah. on his phone, you know, that would be okay. That actually um, sounded great to me that like, I know, you'd yeah, have yeah. to sit apart when I heard it. Because I I there was a time where I'd go to movies and like for about a year, every time I went to a movie, I got into a fight with someone because they were talking. So. <laughs> right, right, right. You're yeah, um, like, oh, I'm going to see that new Harvey Keitel movie and, and I have to sit, you know, six feet away from this woman's four-year-old son that she brought with her like <laughs> yeah that's not so bad, <laughs> not so that's, bad. that's not so bad yeah. um so what was one of your first was there something you can look to that you were like oh this that kind of like was a game changer for you that mm-hmm. like a part that you got that when when you when you first got it you were like oh okay this is gonna be like was it war of the worlds or um no you know i mean that the i was lucky to get some film roles i did some I did some big roles in some smaller films, but the more fun work, some of the smaller smaller roles in the bigger films, you know, like working for Spielberg on War of the Worlds was a, certainly a thrill. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, I think, you know, uh, a lot of actors will say, um, you know, it, it might have been an overnight success, but that 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 overnight took about like six years. Like it might have felt like overnight to you, but to me it was like, you know, five years. And um, right. You know, and I know comics, you know, uh, will go through set after set after set. And then all of a sudden there's one opportunity. So there's really no overnight success. But I definitely think that that TV pilot, you know, I got some work on the New York stage and that was a big deal as a New York theater actor. Um, and then that first pilot, um, a bunch of pilots, even though they didn't go anywhere, they, they did get me on a list. Um, and then I guess, um, you know, I, I got to do a play in New York City with Eli Wallach and it was just oh, wow. me and Eli Wallach. So it was a two character wow. play. Um, and we did it out of town at the coconut Grove playhouse in Florida for four or five months, I think, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe three, four months. And, um, that was fun. Cause you walk down the street in Florida and, and people see Eli and there's a lot of, um, fellows, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they do the good, the bad and the ugly theme. Uh, you know? oh. Um, he was Tuco and that, and you know, it's really, it was just, really, this is a legendary guy and it was just him and me and um and and then we did the show in new york for over a year so uh that was a huge break because it was me and eli and the scenery there was nothing else to look at so everybody in new york city came to see eli and he knew almost all of them because he was 82 at the time mm. so they all came back to the dressing room and he would say come meet the kid come in <laughs> oh, that's you great. gotta meet the kid you know and he was very generous in that way so you know, everyone from Chris Walken to, to, you know, Rob Reiner to all these people who came back. And, um, and I think that was, I think that was a really big deal for me. I think people have, have mentioned that over the years, people in casting have said, I saw you do that show with Eli. And so, you know, sometimes you don't realize that, that something, you know, it was a big deal to me, but it was still theater. And some people might say, well, ah, it wasn't a big movie, but I think that was definitely kind of something that opened doors for me. I actually you, have a question. Uh, yeah. Um, so no, you were in the, you, you were in this play and how many times a week did you perform in the play? Oh, that, that was eight shows a week for over a year. Um, and Eli was 82 and he missed wow. fewer shows than I did. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was in my, I was in my twenties and I, I went to LA to shoot a TV pilot actually. Uh, he didn't want me to go. He's like, I don't want to do it with the understudy. God damn it. Um, <laughs> 
but I was only gone for, you know, like seven days plus the two weekends on the end. So I, you know, I think I, I think totally I missed like eight shows or nine shows, mm. but, um, uh yeah that, it's I, a gruel man live theater is 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 because yeah. is, is I, I always ask uh, actors this who are in plays like i mean eight times a week does it ever get boring at all because comics sometimes when we do the same set over and over again we can yeah. get a little bored with it well, what do you do uh, to, I mean, what do you do to to to, to make the, it not boring you tell the guy well, in the front row stand- shirt stupid <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean you could change it up or a you lot just do new up. material you just do new material all the time that's um it depends on the comedian um, but I, that's my thing I always will try to do yeah something sorry, new like you'll throw in even if you have a set that's worked or you know you're doing the same thing over and over again we you, you, you throw one little nugget in there that's new or yeah I mean yeah, I think may at least like one. I feel like with comedians, it's ve- comedians get very addicted to like new stuff. It's mm. always, I feel like that's a big high for comedians. It becomes not like because if you do your old stuff all the time and it's killing, it's almost like you feel like you're cheating almost. Right. You know, you're like, all right, right, but that's like I know that that works. So it's kind of right. like you're always looking for the new thing. So I get that. being an actor. I think people don't really realize, especially when you're doing theater that when they go to see you, this actor has, has to make this new for them every, every single, single night. Time. Right. And I mean, you have like, to, yeah, you got to stay present because if you don't, it's just, first of all, it's so fucking boring because right. you do it, uh, you know, your 112th time, um, it, it, you know, and th- I'm very grateful to Eli because he never let me phone it in. He never let mm. me give a half-assed performance because he'd always just look me in the eye. He was right there and he's like, come on now, come on kid. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so that, and I, that's how I learned. I learned that if you're going to set foot on stage, you give a hundred percent. There's no, there's no half-assing it. So that helps. Um, and also, you and know, how I, did you, how did you get yeah. that? Uh, I'm sorry, how did you get cast in that? Oh, uh, I'm not so sure the playwright wanted to cast me. Um, it turns out that the casting director and um, went to bat for me. Um, they, they had Eli and I think they were, they were, talking to at the time i think like ethan hawk or giovanni rubisi or somebody you know like yeah there, there were a bunch of us around in new york and um and they wanted a bigger name and uh and i i know that the the director said well i i think the kid is good and the casting person said give him a shot you know he's got a good reputation he, he works hard and so I, I got really lucky auditioning for that and that was one of the first times that i I knew I was in consideration with some other people that were at the level where I really wanted to be. So that was like, Oh, I'm in the room. I'm, I'm yeah. in the room where it happens. I'm in the room where it happens. Right? Yeah. That. In the room. So that was cool. That was very cool. But I want to I say, I want to say about the, the newness of things. I want to say like mm-hmm. doing sitcom, I get that kind of high of like, Oh, the new thing killed mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. a lot of times in sitcom, yeah. you know, that joke at the end of the scene or that joke at the end of the, 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 the line or the paragraph and some showrunners will let you mix it up. So once you say it the way they wrote it and you hope it's funny, then the second pass or the third pass, because you mm-hmm. do the same thing two or three times in front of a live studio audience. So, you know, that third time, if you've got something funny, they're like, do it, throw it out yeah. there. You got something. And, and once you get to know those showrunners, you can say, hey, the thing about the crossing to the garbage, like, I think I got something. I think I got one. And they're like, they'll either say, you know what? We don't have it yet. We don't have it clean. We, we need to get it the way we wrote it. But sometimes they'll say, yeah, yeah, we got it. We got on that first one. And they'll ask the director and the director will say, yeah, man, go for it. Just improv, make something up. And that's did you, like... Did you do a lot of that on the X's? We did. We did. Yeah, we, yeah. It seemed like that, B. 
yeah, we got a chance to throw some stuff in there. And, you know, I, the one I remember the most was Wayne Knight. Oh, I love Wayne. Um, <laughs> he's he's got to be a cool dude, I think. He's, right? Newman, he's the best. Yeah. He's yeah. the best. Um, That's amazing. He's, he's actually one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. One of the most wow. well-read, one of the most well-read people I've ever met. Um, and certainly one of the funniest. And there's an episode where he's, he hasn't dated, you know, in six months or something like that. And he, he's, uh, enamored of the woman who lives across the way and she has a cat. So he gets a cat so that he can say, I'm a cat person too. It's too long a story, but it does, sure. it's not, nothing new there. Right. So yeah. all I know is there was one point where, uh, he goes to the woman's door to try to like leave flowers and the door opens and the, the woman's cat runs out and gets lost. And then he gets accused of stealing her cat, you know, so he, she hates him. And at one point the, the, the other cat also disappears. So he's left with no cats. And there were lots of great jokes. Um, and I just couldn't help it. And finally I said, I think I, you know, I got one, I got one. And, uh, and Wayne standing at the door and, uh, Donald Faison says, sorry, pal. And I, and that's the way it ends. And I just turned to Wayne and I said, sorry, Wayne, there goes the pussy. <laughs> and they, and they are not, and the live studio audience loved it. Oh, that's great. It, it, it sadly did not make oh, it into the, into the cut on TV land. God damn. Um, even though we, I, were, we were on at 10 at night, but it still didn't make it. So. Uh, yeah, because I watched a couple episodes. There was, uh, I saw an episode about you broke uh, her, uh, Kristen Johnson's vibrator. Right. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty funny, but like, yeah, so yeah. It, was di- it was dirty. So yeah, they I, pushed I the envelope a little bit. Yeah they, yeah, they did pretty well. Yeah. And I just watched this other one, this other one where... Um, this was good physical comedy on your part. You wow. got kicked in the face by a stripper. <laughs> um, maybe we could cut that in. I remember that. Cause did you, uh, that. Yeah, did you, how many takes? Fun. Of, yeah. we, did a bunch of those. we did a bunch of those. We had us, um, we go to a strip joint and, and you know, Wayne, <laughs> Wayne said, this is great. Wayne says to the prop guy, like, Hey, bring me, uh, he leans over. Says, I need something for the scene for, I want to try something. And I'm thinking, Oh God, here it comes. Right. And you can barely keep a straight face with between him and Donald Faison. So <laughs> we're there and they're there. We're going up the thing and I'm peeling off of the dollar bills and, and Wayne just takes a handful of quarters and goes, <laughs> make it rain like that. You know, it's just quarters hitting all the dancers in the face and, you know, um, but no, we, that was really yeah, fun. We've we all been there. Coordinator. I know. <laughs> Dimes, yeah. nickels, listen, whatever it takes, you know, pennies. Uh, yeah. Yep, Susan B. Anthony is a little heavy, but um, <laughs> no, that was that was a really fun show. I got to do crazy stuff like that, and uh, uh, really, really, really fun. Work with some great, great people too. So, yeah, we also out of all the mediums, I was just I'm sorry, out of all the mediums, like because you've done all like theater, sitcom, movie. Which one do you like the best? Or, like, which is the hardest? I feel like movies mm-hmm. would be hard because with movies you just have no. Because that's the thing with comedy. I it's very like okay, I know this is working. You know what I mean? Mm. But well, you movies, get that feedback. I mean, if you're, if you're doing right, comedy, yeah. if you're doing stand-up, I guess you get, you get heckled or not, right? Your set goes over or it doesn't. And same thing with the sitcom in front of a live studio audience um, and theater. Movies are hard for that reason. Yeah. Cause you don't know if it's working um, and it's smaller and you gotta, you gotta concentrate everything into kind of a much smaller area, a much smaller space block out everything that's happening around you, you know? Um, but theater, I think is the most challenging because you never know what's going to happen. Um, and it's always, even though it might be the 112th show, uh, you know, or you do it for a year and a half or two years, it, it's still, something's always different. The audience is different. The energy is different. I, I love theater the most. Um, Have you ever had a, the, the, the cell phone go off situation? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what do you guys do? Oh yeah. 
Uh, you know, once Eli stopped the show. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. And he yeah. and he he said to me, he said, I was in the middle of something and he says, hang on. And he turns and he crosses his arms and says, we'll wait. <laughs> like that. And yeah. the person was fumbling and putting it away, you know, terribly embarrassed. Um, one guy took the wow. fucking phone call in the show. Like one guy, I remember, <laughs> he's like, yeah, on, no, no, I'm at the theater. I'm at the theater. And I'm like, <laughs> well, we all know that, right? And, and he's like, hang on, hang on. And he gets up to go to the aisle and I'm thinking, all right, okay, we're past it now. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's okay. It's all right. It's like, I don't know. It's about the, an old guy and a young guy. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, we're going to wow. go for a steak after. Wow. I mean, like he's, he's pacing up and down the aisle. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. got to be rough to be getting a review in the middle of the show. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. That's, uh, that's happened before. I, I mean, I was doing a play. <laughs> I was doing a play uh, called Snake Bit. And um, at the Century Center on 14th Street, and um, and I play this really angry guy. He's an actor who's about to break through and be like the next Tom Cruise, and and so he's super tense about it. His career is about to explode, and he finds out that his wife slept with his best friend the night of their wedding, and then it turns out that their their daughter that they have together um, might have HIV because the best friend did too. So it's like wow. super drama. It's a like Greek. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And at one point just, it was a Wednesday matinee and this woman in the front row, uh, I'm screaming at the woman who's playing my wife at the top of my lungs, you know, fuck yeah. I'm screaming at her. <laughs> and she gives me this news. Um, and I finish, and I'm like, <sighs> and the rest of the audience is like, whoa. And this woman turns to her, her friend and says, it's a bit much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course you hear that. <laughs> so I guess like... I'm standing right there. Yeah. <laughs> Theater may be more like stand-up comedy than I thought it was. That does sound like stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you, but stand you, can't, you can't answer the, that kind of heckle, right? True. What are you going to do? You say, yeah. hey, ma'am, you want to keep it down there, please? Right. You're, a bit, you're a bit much. You know what? That blouse is a bit much. Right, right? exactly. I mean, yeah. What are you going to say? You know, exactly. you can't do that. That's it. Um, yeah, that would be pretty and, like... And uh, then stand-up, they... they Go ahead. Go go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I, I would feel pretty. I was crap. just gonna say in stand up they don't they they in stand up they don't um whisper to their friend they they say it they say yell it to it you right, right at you yeah. yeah that's right that's right there's um, no try so go ahead I'm sorry no no Tom was actually saying something right before we started uh, I wanted to get into the world uh, yeah I want to say you, you mentioned yeah. uh, so war of the worlds I, I was saying like do you ever brag to people about are you like hey so um. I was in this movie and I was the guy who uh, a woman left Tom Cruise. Yeah, for. hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I knocked her up, right? I stole his wife <laughs> and got her pregnant. Nice. Oh yeah. Oh but yeah. But that did occur you know, to you, right? Didn't oh. that did occur to you when you oh, got when yes. you're like, "Oh, someone left Tom Cruise for me." For me. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." And then I met Tom Cruise and I was like, "Holy shit. Like this guy is a mega star. Like he's yeah. just so charismatic." And you're like, oh my god, I get it, I totally get it. Mm. Um, but then this, during yeah, the scene, yeah, does he just like exude I had that? To be, you know, he does. He really does. Yeah, he does. And um, he, you know, he's very, he was very kind to everybody on the set. Um, you know, it's, it was a big budget movie, of course. So he he flew in. He, he has a coffee guy. He's like this guy that he has like a fifty thousand dollar espresso machine from Italy. You know, it's brass with all the I don't know gold and. You know, it's platinum. I don't know. And, um, but it's great coffee. And he brings the guy every day to the set and the guy makes coffee for the whole crew all day, all night for the whole film. 
And like, wow. that's, that's like just one of the things that Tom does for the crew. And so, you know, he's very generous. He's very cool. And I didn't get this, the hard sell on the Scientology. I didn't get any of that. So, uh, so that's good. I think I, I dodged that bullet and, um, you know, yeah, and then I later, know no, I say then later I got to work with Leah Remini that's what um, I say. <laughs> and, and so I got the inside scoop there. Anyway. Oh, oh, that's hilarious. Right. Was yeah. that after she had left? Yeah. Yeah. She no? played my, she came on to the X's to play my sister. And um and she's a good friend. And, and she already really, left Scientology. She had already left, yeah. Thank God. And uh <laughs> I really I just respect her and she's she's smart, she's funny. But uh yeah. Um and you know the, the we're thing, all in we're all in Scientology. Yeah, I was just gonna say <laughs> the three of us are. That's yeah. a, one sec oh that, that sound was my lawyer right now just saying cease <laughs> cease and cease and desist. I'm not sure about that. We've tapped your phone line, so yeah, that can't be important, right? Yeah. Um, cease and desist. <laughs> so what was that like working with Spielberg? Was that like hugely intimidating? Oh. I mean, are you just kind of like standing there like, okay, Steven Spielberg? Or is it like a- <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was totally intimidating. The, the one reason why it felt um, less intimidating was because um, I was cast. And then as soon as I, um, as soon as I got on set, uh, I... I walked over and he turned around and was talking to someone else and stopped what he was doing. He said, excuse me for a minute and turned around in front of everybody else. He said, David, and he came over and he gave me a big hug and he wrapped his arms around me, gave me a big hug. Wow. And he said, and then he said, look me in the eyes. He said, we're so glad you're here. We're so wow. glad. And I was like, ah, ah, ah. I didn't wow. know what to say. You know? <laughs> and I said, me too. You know? yeah. And he said, like, we have a chair for you over here. You know, he'll see if you need anything. She'll take care of that. And, the, and we're, we're just so glad you're here. So from the minute, the whole thing started he was just like super regular guy really kind um and that that was great and he has that reputation and i've seen him since and actually i saw him this is weird but i saw him at the um uh march for our lives for the the gun safety Uh, my wife and i are both big advocates for uh every town for gun safety and we we saw steven there's an area where some of the uh actors and uh people were and um and Stephen was there uh, with his wife, and I, I said to Alicia, like, I got to go say hi. He's never going to remember me. I haven't seen him since, but I'm just going to go say, I had a great experience on a movie with you, and I just want to say thanks, and it's great that you're here. And he was helping to sponsor the event, I think, with uh, George Clooney and a few other people. So I walked up, and I said, uh, excuse me, Stephen, and before I could say anything, he said, David, right? Wow. And I said, right. And he said, War of the Worlds. And I said, Right. And he said, uh, yeah, we had fun on that, didn't we? He said, Tom, he said, didn't Tom almost hit you with his car on that? And I said, that's right. You remember that stunt? And he was like, yeah. He said, you were very good in that. You're very good. I hope, you're, hope you like it. Are you proud of that? You're very good in it. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, now, I don't know. Maybe maybe he has a guy who stands behind him and says, David, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. Maybe he does. It. Tom, you know, Tom Cruise, he's Googling Tom Cruise almost hit him with the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been funny if you pretended you didn't know who he was. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were Steve Wozniak. Sorry, different. Yeah, sorry. It's like it was the War fear. of the Worlds. I'm like, did you work on that? <laughs> you said that. The original? Wait, you mean the original or the? Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. No. But Tom Cruise did almost hit me with his car. He does dr- do his own stunts and all his driving. He's a great race car driver. And uh, he comes r- cur- screaming around the, cur- the curve and he takes the turn too fast and, he- and he's supposed to pull into the driveway, stop and get out. And, you know, I'm the, the guy who stole his wife and uh, I'm sitting there with a, 
you know, brand new four by four and he's got this old Mustang. So he could, he's like, I got, they set up the shot and he comes screaming around the corner and uh, I'm waiting for them to yell cut or stop and the stunt person to get in or something. Uh-uh. And they just keep going. And I swear to God, like three inches from me, he stops the car perfectly right <laughs> in the center of the shot, right in the, right where the camera was. And uh, he gets out, slams the door. We do the scene and I'm, you know, awful of myself. And I'm like, uh, we said eight o'clock, pal, you're late, you know? And uh, we finished the scene and, <laughs> and Steven, and Steven yells cut. And then the first, uh, first assistant director comes over to me and says, uh, I think David peed a bit there. Do you need the bathroom? I think you, did you pee a little bit? Tom, I think you made him pee a bit. It was, it was, I was a bit close, perhaps a little less next time. Yeah. yeah. Very funny. Very funny. I actually wanted to bring up uh, the United ninety three because mm. you're you're this kind of you were really pivot. the star of that movie. Yeah, yeah. Let's go talk about nine eleven movies. Uh, right. But that That's movie good. that movie did well, and I think at that point, I think I remember they were they were releasing a lot of nine uh, eleven movies. I always thought that was kind of like a risky move because mm. I didn't know how people were going to react to those movies. But that movie was a hit, United ninety three. Yeah, the movie did well. I was hardly the star of it. There were, uh, but thank you, but there were 44, 43 people on that plane. Um, so we had a lot of actors there in, in uh, England filming it. We were filming at Shepherd and Studios just outside of London. And um, uh, Paul Greengrass, the director, wanted to do it off of American soil. He didn't want the press there. People oh, really? Already thought, well, they already thought it was too soon. And the irony was, you know, when the film came out, we were the opening night film at Tribeca. And we were also the, the opening night film at the Cannes Film Festival. And in mm-hmm. Europe, um, you know, in the U.S., people were like, oh, it's too soon. You know, even if it's five years, it's still too soon. In Europe, everyone was like, it's not soon enough. Like, what took mm-hmm. you so long yeah. to start talking about this and dealing with it? Um, and uh, Was that, that the that first huge... movie about 9-11? Uh, I don't know if it was the first, but I, I it was one of the first. kind of think... I think it was the best because it, it didn't yeah. sentimentalize it. You know, there was a mm-hmm. there was a Nicolas Cage movie. Um, <laughs> the, oh no, yeah, that never looked, that didn't look good. World I guess Trade I could Center. stop right there, right? Yeah, yeah. World Trade Center. Right? I, mean, I guess I could just say, it. Yeah, just say it. I could just say it was a Nicolas Cage movie, and then I'm done, right? But um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it, you know, uh, Paul's thing. He was an ex BBC documentarian, you know, and his his whole thing was to. Uh, he he got everyone from someone from each of the families to sign off on the movie, and he said he wouldn't do it unless he could get you know someone from each of the families that were involved to to give the okay. And um, I think that sense of responsibility came through to all of us, and um, so we we all felt this this enormous sense of responsibility to not make it sentimental to try to fill in the gaps of what might have happened in a very underplayed realistic way and it was the most brutal grueling thing i've ever done as an artist and and definitely one of the things i'm most proud of yeah i mean but yeah, you what played the guy you you played the todd beamer i mean the guy who said let's yeah. roll i mean that's yeah i mean i mean then that's yeah, there, did you get like choked up at any point when you were doing it or oh for sure i mean you know that was part of the hard thing is um you know the uh, a lot of people have said that, um, and I think Paul probably said it first, that the people on United 93 on that flight were the first people that had to deal with the post-11 world um, uh-huh. because they were in the plane when they heard from the ground that there had been other acts of terror. Yeah. So they were they had to make the first decision 
of what to do about terrorism in the post 9-11 world. It had, you know, and um, it was very hard to not know all the things we now know, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, on a funny note, at one point we were doing rehearsals. We rehearsed for a while, which you don't usually get to do in film. But um, and we had lots of ro- long rows of chairs set up like the aisle of the airplane. And at one point, we're, the, the two guys who came out playing the uh, two of the terrorists and uh, there's a lot of screaming and what should we mm. do? And, you know, where are they from? And uh, <laughs> one of the older actresses, um, and she really was great in the end. She, she really did it justice, but at the time it was just an honest mistake, but um, she yelled out, they went to flight school in Florida. <laughs> and, and <laughs> no one would have known that. Of course, we didn't know that till afterwards. Oh, right? so, oh yeah, so fucking <laughs> stupid. You know, I was like, wait, <laughs> yeah, they did, right? So yeah. you can't yell that out while you're actually on the plane. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it was that. Uh, that's that's in, funny. That's kind of indicative of of how hard it was to unknow everything you know. Yeah, I remember sitting. We'd shot at um, Newark Airport. They closed down one of the gates yeah. at Newark Airport for us, and we shot there. Uh, about boarding the plane. And I was, you know, uh, Todd was this guy from Cranberry, New Jersey, and um, was going on a business trip and um, probably was working on his laptop, uh, sitting in the in the lounge, uh, by the gate rather. And um, when we shot it, that one of the other terrorists, they, they know from some footage was also at the gate, came and sat there at the gate and got on, took a first class seat. Um, and the whole time during the, one of the first takes, I was staring at the guy. I was like, mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the other actors were like reacting. And, um, and Paul said, why were you staring? And, and one of the actors said, well, he, he's, he's an Arab. Like, I, he looks to me like he's Saudi Arabian. Or, and, you know, we all had to face our own bias now because mm-hmm. we now, we, at that time especially, we were really looking twice and thinking, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I was guilty of it too, and so it was really an eye-opening experience. You know, um, and uh, did you and, ever meet? Did you ever meet his wife, Todd, the real Todd Beamer? Because wasn't there a thing where he talked to her on the phone? That was kind yes, of a famous. That's in the movie. Um, I didn't. Um, I did talk. Uh, I did hear uh, from an email from the op- phone operator that he had talked to, um, and I did speak to Todd's family. I got to know his dad and his mom a little bit. Um, his wife, Lisa, um, wasn't interested really in being a part of the film. I think needed to kind of move on and raise her kids and, uh, respect that a hundred percent. Um, yeah. but Todd's, um, Todd's dad was, uh, very generous. And uh, at one point I asked maybe for a little inside information, something that he might've said or done so that I could, if I had a chance, uh, bring that into the movies to give yeah. it some truth for them. Um, and, and I was able to do that and, and they were very pleased that the, you know, after the first screening, after all the tears, uh, at Tribeca stopped, you know, it was the, the movie finished and all you could hear, um, Paul had invited all of the families, hmm. um, and instead of fi- trying to fill the oh, house really? with celebrities yeah. or press or anything, that's, that's a classy move, classy move. So, um, they were all up, um, you know, behind us and, um, all you could hear was sobbing for minutes and then, um, and then, and then applause. So that was great. And they, nice. they, um, every family member I talked to was thrilled. They, they really liked yeah. it. So it was a good movie. It probably was the best out of those movies. Um, you know, but I, I just figured, so. 
it's hard when you're, to when watch, you're in the, you know, it's tough. It's, yeah, I think because like if you're in War of the Worlds where it's Steven Spielberg directing Tom Cruise's in it, you know it's going to be a hit, huge hit. Like you right. probably knew it when you're in yeah. a movie like that. You're not sure necessarily. Yeah, yeah. And the controversy too. And, you know, again, we I was really lucky. I was one of the, I think, four or five actors they asked to do the press tour and go to the Cannes Film Festival. And um, so I got a chance to see the reaction Whoa. from some of the European press and things early on. And, and it, the critical success was huge. I still have friends that haven't seen it. Um, and some of them said they, they, you know, they just can't bring themselves to watch. It's too hard. And I don't fault them for that at all. It's really hard to watch. It's a beautiful movie and I think it's worth seeing, but um, you know, it's not a laugh a minute. Do you have a hard time? Do you have a hard time watching yourself? Cause you know, that's a big thing you always hear a lot of actors when you see actors on like talk yeah. shows are always like, I can't watch myself. Are you able to watch yourself? I don't love it. I don't love it, but yeah. I do it. Um, I don't know whether I do it out of compulsion or whether I do it out of uh, some misguided effort to try to learn or see like, do I, do I like what I did there? I don't know, but I really fucking neurotic sometimes. So I could be hard on myself and, uh, ah, I wish I did that a different way or, Oh, they use that take or I didn't, ah, I didn't like that, you know? Um, so it, it is hard. Um, I don't know. I, I'd rather you know, every once in a while, there's like a good still photograph of me <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, that yeah. look, she, she got that shot. It's my good side and the light is nice. And I, I don't look old and fat and that's awesome. Like that I can do That's every once in a while. I'm, I'm happy about that. But, uh, do you, know. you still have to update your like headshots and everything like that, or? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I actually just did one this past year, um, and uh, and I was really resistant to it. I was like, ah, I got a little gray hair now. I don't know, you know, is looking older, and um, and then you know, my wife reminded me. She's like, look, two things: one, retouching, which <laughs> um, <laughs> is good, uh, and two is like, you know, you don't want to be the guy uh, who you know, still is using the picture from his twenties when everybody knows, <laughs> you, know, you know, it's not like Scott Bayo. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like your picture, like your picture, yeah, like Tom, your picture on Tinder yeah. doesn't look like you at all. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He's nine years yeah. old on Tinder. <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, oh, so can I, can I, so you, you're, you mentioned your wife, your wife is an actress, oh, yes. uh, is an actor also. Yes. And did you guys meet on something or how did you guys, how did you guys meet? We did. We met uh, doing summer theater. Uh, we were doing summer Shakespeare, summer theater in Vermont. It was supposed to be a summer fling because that's what summer theater is all about. Mm. And uh, yeah, here we are all those years later, still stuck with each other. So that's good. So that would that would happen a lot. Like people would hook up a lot when they would do those. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's summer camp, summer theater. Some put the word summer in front of something, and that's <laughs> you know, it's when you're a kid. That's pretty much what it means. But uh, yeah, I saw her and I kind of knew. I was like, oh shit, I just had never seen anyone or met anyone like her, and uh, I still feel that way. So I'm very lucky. Um, do, do you guys talk acting a lot or no? Yeah, we way? do. Well, yeah. we've you know, we go see each other's stuff. We've actually been in a few things together. So like she came on the X's, uh, and played, um, uh, Dietrich Bader was on, uh, as one of Kristen's friends and uh, boyfriends. And, uh, Oh, he's great. So, yeah. He's great. And so Alicia, my wife went on and played his ex-wife. So that was really fun. And then, um, Alicia's on better things on FX with Pamela Adlon. So, uh, she got me on to play one of the sitcom stars, 
on a show that Pam was doing on the, sh- the show within the show. Mm. So that was really fun. Um, so we get a chance to work together sometimes and we've produced a couple of movies together. Um, so we definitely talk acting uh, when we do that and somehow did not kill each other uh, <laughs> doing that, but it was close. It wasn't quite uh, like, like quarantine, but it was pretty fucking close. When, when you were on Better Things, were you there when uh, Louis was around or no? No, uh, yeah. no, I was not. And um, uh, so I didn't have to uh, get drawn into any of that controversy. Right. Um, That's good. Hint, uh, hint, hint. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, you didn't Pam, have to walk, watch him masturbate. That's good. No one ever, <laughs> no one ever asked me anything. Really, really. Um, but Pam, Pam is uh, amazing. She's a powerhouse, you know, writes and directs and stars and uh, edits and promotes and, uh, she and my wife have become good friends, and uh, yeah, I, I tip my hat to her for sure. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, it's really funny. It's really funny. Yeah. She, so she does everything on that show, right? She does everything. She, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we like to work together when we can, and sometimes, you know, she'll want to give me a note, and I'm a controlling bastard, so sometimes I'm like, why are you, are you really going to do it that way? You know, and then I get smacked, <laughs> and uh, so that's the that's the trouble with two with two artists. Uh, Eric, you might know something about that. I yes, know. I do. Yeah. You know, but I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just boos me and calls me a hack the whole time. So it's, uh, <laughs> and what happens uh, after, yeah, yeah. what happens after the sex? Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on. She's like, walk, no, she's like, walked into that. She's one. like, no, no new, no new stuff. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I also have this question because you were you do like you said like you do a lot of these guest spots on shows. So I think that's kind of cool actually because you get to do a lot of different things. Like you've been on so many of these. Like you were on Frasier and Thirty mm-hmm. Rock, yeah. which I think I mean um, I got to do, yeah I got to do the crab on the floor for Alec Baldwin and Tina Fey and and every once in a while someone you know like a couple times a year someone will say you uh, the crab you did the crab uh, oh Rock, really the crab you know yeah so. Uh, it's fun to do all that wacky stuff and um, and some fun dramas. You know, I just did uh, Jimmy Smith's show, which I think they they canned, but uh, but he's a prince of a guy, boy. Um, uh, we shot it down in Memphis. Um, that was really fun. Uh, Bluff City Law and uh, Bull. Uh, oh yeah, another CBS show. And you know, yeah, I I like all that stuff. You know, I somehow I got roped into being the asshole in the suit. Like I just get cast as as the crooked congressman or the crooked lawyer or the crooked politician or the, you know, um, and I've just embraced it. I remember early on um, uh, an acting teacher said, you know, you either don't want to get pigeonholed, you know, you don't want to be typecast mm-hmm. or you want to get typecast all the way to the bank. Yeah. And, and I just, I saw it happening and I thought, well, I, I'm still getting to do some sitcom stuff and I still, so in the dramas, if I got to play the bad guy, I'm just going to embrace that. And, and by the way, the villain is really fun. Oh, it's so um, much fun. Yeah. So that's been good. And, you know, I, I, listen, I would love to, I'd love to have a gig that goes for a few years again, you know, two, three, four, five years. That's the actor's dream. I've been really lucky to have a few of those and I would love to do that. I, I would be happy to be, uh, have, have so many stories to tell and be a big part of a show. That would be great. Um, but it's also kind of nice to, you are a guest in someone else's house, you know, when you're the guest star. So you get to kind of see how other people do it and what are they up to? What kind of stories are they telling? How can you serve the story? Uh, that's really fun. So, so what do you like doing comedies more or dramas? Yes. All <laughs> of it. I don't know. I, I don't think I could choose. Um, you know, the dramas are so much fun. And usually again, I'm, I'm either playing a villain 
or I'm playing someone who's, you know, grieving and heartbroken, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> um, and both of those are good. Those are both cathartic, you know? Um, I've got to, I've gotten to say a lot of stuff on TV that, that most people never get to say in real life, you know, which is really great. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, some, some of which is like, I, I swear I didn't kill my wife. Or, um, <laughs> but uh, you usually play the wife killer a lot. Yeah, that- it's happened several times. Yeah, several times. Um, I saw uh, this. Uh, you probably know this actor because I was talking to uh, actually Sonia about it. Um, mm-hmm. Dylan Baker. Yes. Yeah, and I was noticing that he usually he always usually kind of plays a creepy guy in every. Yes. Movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's, I think uh, one of his earliest roles, he was like a pedophile. I, I could never yes. get that out of my head, but yes. do you know that actor, you guys? Yes, I know Dylan and his yeah. wife, Becky. Yeah, they're, yeah, he's a great actor. Um, but it, I thought he uh, has a cool career. Like he's always he's got kinda, a great career. Yeah, yeah. he just, uh, I'm trying to, I can't remember what we were just watching that he just showed up in um, uh, Netflix show. I can't remember. Anyway, mm. he's everywhere. And I listen, you know what? I may, maybe I'll be that guy. Maybe I'm the guy now that, you know, I'd like to think there's, I got a few more series in me. That'd be great. Um, but I'm also, I'm really okay if I'm the guy that goes from show to show and gets to play, you know, the, the really interesting, funny, uh, villainous guys on all the different things. It, it keeps it fresh. It keeps it fun. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take that. I'll put that on the universe. That'd be great too. So we'll see. Is there stuff that you do that, that people will recognize you from specifically? like one thing specifically well you know know, there's that 30 there's that 30 rock thing i I think anything that people watch with like sort of a cult following and like 30 rock um there's a lot i did a lot of law and orders over the years like most new york actors (laughs) yeah Um, yeah yeah and and some of them were a little more recognizable or memorable roles and so a lot of people who are kind of junkies for that stuff and watch you know they're watching two three episodes a night or whatever going back you know 20 years um, I, I get stopped for a, a lot of those. Um, and then the X's, especially when the X's was on, but even now they're rerunning it. Um, and, and a lot of people will say, you, the dentist, you're the, the, the dentist guy, you know, I like you. And I say, oh, that's good. I'll take it. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Those law and orders. Like I, I know that when they kind of, there's only one left, right? One right. law and order. Right. And when the rest of them kind of went out, I know there was a lot of New York actors that were kind of upset about that. Cause there was like a lot of yeah. work and yeah. now they kind of moved to Ch- do the, it's Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Is it yeah. really in Chicago? All those shows? Oh yeah. Yeah. I went to do Chicago PD and, and the uh, Chicago fire. They're all there. Um, yeah. Dick Wolf, uh, you know, he's got a good uh, formula. He just makes it out. shows that last forever. Like all his shows yeah. like last for like, there's years. a, yeah. there's a formula. It makes a lot of sense. And he's figured out how to capitalize on it. God love mm. him. Have you ever had that where you're recognized and the people are uh, like super annoying and won't leave you alone? <laughs> yes, I've, I've certainly had I've certainly had that, but I've also had the opposite, which was when I was first one of the first shows I did um, on ABC was called Oh Grow Up, and it was um, it was uh, it was a show about three guys living in an apartment in Brooklyn, and um, and I did it. And I was on ABC. It was like Thursday nights at eight. And it was like like either before or after friends. Wow. It was like a big deal. And especially to me, it was one of the first things I'd ever done on TV like that. So, and after a bunch of those pilots that didn't go anywhere, you know, and uh, so I, I was pretty full of myself. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm walking down the street in New York. I decided mm-hmm. I was going to take a couple of my buddies out. We were going to go uh, to, to a nice restaurant, have a steak dinner, maybe some after hours entertainment. We were going to go drinking and, and it was all me, you know, I'm the man. 
and, the, and we're waiting on the street corner in New York City, and this little couple, little lady, she says, I know you, I know you. <laughs> and I'm already, I'm like, well, you know, and I turn to my friends, yeah. like, ah, ah, right, huh? check it out. <laughs> Is you, you see the kid back from the hometown, right? And they recognize me on the street corner in New York City. She says, I know you. And I said, well, yeah, thank you. I'm on a show. Although grow up on ABC. And uh, she, she says, no, 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 that's not it. You were our waiter for years. <laughs> <laughs> and the husband, I swear, said, I wasn't a very good waiter. <laughs> under, under his breath, you know. <laughs> And I was just, I felt like such an asshole. My friends yeah. love that. They, they never let me live that down. <laughs> I, I love I, that someone would, uh, it, but, you know. I love how someone would go out of their, would, would remember a waiter and like go out of their way to like <laughs> tell them, Hey, I'm, you're a waiter. I That's had. right. That's right. Well, and then either, years later, you'd be like, you must've been really bad. They remember or years I was later. really bad. That's right. That's right. I probably, yeah. yeah. Really yeah. Um, all right, that's 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 awesome. You, you have any more questions? Eric? You have to go. It's just, um... Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Um, Bueller? No, I mean, there's just so many things. I mean, Frazier, I wanted to bring up. You were on that show. For, that was like, really one cool. oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, there were. It turned out to be two episodes. The second episode, I had one little tiny little tag to kind of do, but it was when um, character Roz was going to leave the show and and maybe go out on her own or to a different radio station. And I, the only. It was it was fun. It was a small role, but the best part of it was the name of the character, which was Woody Wiswell Jr. <laughs> so uh, that that was very fun, uh, very fun, and um, yeah, that, you know. Listen, well, can I ask you what what about Sex in the City too? Mm-hmm. You were in that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That was fun. Um, we I got to be in the uh, big wedding scene of that movie, and uh, Michael Patrick King is a great guy. I really love him. I think he was a stand-up comic. Someone told me that once. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, he's done a whole bunch of stuff, and um, I, I I always appreciated that that chance to be a part of that because it was kind of silly and fun, and I got to be there um, for a few days while we shot the big wedding scene with live swans. Wow. And and Liza Minnelli and I mean it was just great. It was fantastic. Did you see that, so. did you see any of them fighting? Because didn't they all hate each other? That was always like the thing. The swans? No. The, the, yeah. <laughs> didn't they all were like they had issues, right? I, well, you read about in the tabloids. So I you didn't, didn't see any. See, I did not see any of that. I knew yeah. I knew Chris Noth from a while back, and have done we did some stuff you know together back in the day, and um and I actually <laughs> um. I don't think she knew this until I started to, until I started talking to her for a little while. But I was the voice of Sarah Jessica Parker's perfume when it came out. Get so, out! <clears throat> yeah. So what was it called? Lovely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker. What is lovely? Look, I mean, you, I gotta smile, say, uh, that not a, thing, you know? yeah, not really a question, but I gotta <laughs> make a comment. You have a fantastic voice for uh radio and voiceover uh do, i i i have to ask is that just something that comes natural or like like are some people just fortunate to have that or do you actually work at that is that i don't know i mean you know i my mom tells the story like when when i was like four or five years old in the grocery store and people would would turn around i'd say like can we get tomato juice or whatever <laughs> and she people would turn around not just because that's tomato juice would be weird but right. um but like looking for the grown-up and I, so I, apparently I had a, a lower voice even when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, that's a little um, creepy. Actually. That's a little weird. Actually. I'm not sure I believe her. <laughs> Honestly, I remember my voice. I'm, I remember my voice cracking during puberty. I remember being humiliated. So I'm not sure I believe her, but she tells that story. Yeah. But, um, no, no you know, I, mean, I mean, I, 
I've I learned how to it. do it over the years. It was, um, you know, there's definitely a technique to it. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been lucky to do a bunch of big campaigns over the years. Um, and I, oh God, I hope that continues. It's a great now. career. Yeah. Um, from everyone that I, I, I know that does that. And you know, you know, and it's like, we're all learning right now, which is you don't have to put pants on. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. It's much easier. It's a perfect job yeah. for quarantine really is. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Perfect. You don't have to shave. You don't have to put pants on. And yeah. Have you yeah. cut your hair yet? Uh, yeah, I just buzzed it. I just shaved my head a couple, like uh, four or five days ago. So yeah, this is all that's this is all that's left. That's <laughs> wow, good job. good job! I've seen some awful self haircuts. Well, I had so. the buzzer. With the, with, I had that buzzer with the guide on it. Oh, what is that? Like, oh, like the like like a little comb. Screw, well, it's like the little Floby comb. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. I couldn't screw it up. You know, the dog doesn't look great, but I. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, came yeah. out okay. Yeah. Yeah, my friend awesome. fucked up. He's he he had to go um, completely. He had to bick his whole hair off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he just because he got it, it was all uneven. It's a it's a horror show. He's a comedian. He's a moron. That's no fun. We don't, First time who was it? Ray, was that Ray Devito? Who, we're, <laughs> no, we're all no, no. But I could I could so see Ray Devito doing something like that. No, I saw a pic. He, he just posted a picture. Sorry. Oh, sorry. okay. That no, was, no, no, no. Now, uh, now I'm starting to think of like what friends of mine could it have been. I was like, was it, <laughs> I'm sure there's someone you know. Weird? Yeah. Who would I'm look sure. weird with a shaved head? I was like, is it Brian Scalero? Like, who was it? <laughs> I'm to think which of my buddies uh, that are stand ups. Yeah, you were on the show with Brian. Uh, I was, three, yeah. Three sisters. I was watching three all sisters, that today, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, he's a funny, funny man. Yeah, he's so funny. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very he's good. one of those comics. I, I, we're gonna try to get him on this thing. He, he just like he just kills every time. I'm sure he'd love. I'm sure he'd love to talk to you guys. He'd love yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. Were you so? When did you get married? Like, how, I'm just curious. When you guys met, you was it before you started doing like a lot of your TV? Oh and yeah, stuff? yeah. No, we were. I mean, that summer theater thing happened. Uh, you know, when I was still waiting tables, and then I think I I got a commercial. I was the uh, one of the. Um, Head and shoulders, guys. You know, it was wow. like uh, they put the the, the fake uh, uh, mashed potato flakes yeah. on their shoulders. You know, and the, um, so the her her ring is the dandruff diamond. It's like the Procter Gamble diamond because that that commercial for Head and Shoulders was when I was waiting tables, and I I asked her to marry me with the money from that commercial on that ring and on her finger still. So, uh, yeah, we we've been at it wow. a long time. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> Do you think it's better in that, like, in that industry to like maybe be in a relationship before you start doing things? Because I feel like it's it can you can get very distracted. I if don't you're know. Not, you know. I, I could go. <laughs> I, it could go either way. I mean, I I have a lot of people I know, a couple, a few people I can think of um, that they were both sort of unknown when they started. Right? They got married very young, like my wife and I, and then one of them took off. And then the other one felt really let jealous and really left behind. And then by the time right. the other by the time the other one hit and had some maybe visible success, um, it was too late. There was a you know the worst thing for a relationship that really the only thing I think that might be irreparable is disdain. And you know if there's jealousy, you can work through that. But you know by that time there was some disdain, and the the, the two couples I'm thinking of that that happened to are, are no longer together. And I don't know, you know, it could go either way. I mean. Lots of temptation if you get to do a sex scene with a pretty girl or, you know, uh, it's not real. None of that's real. You know, it's it's called Tinseltown for a reason. It's all bullshit. Um, mm. So I guess it depends on who you are and how you look at it. But um, you know, yeah, I, I was always because that must be rough, too, if you especially if you're both in the same industry, if one person is doing more at one point and the other one isn't as much. 
because it's not yeah. you know it's that whole thing you always hear the 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 cliche of the you know the people who work in movies you know in film or something and they that you know a marriage is like almost impossible to keep going in well, you know, in I that industry i also think it's like if you you know if you throw yourself into a project where there's a romance or there's a relationship um if that's what it feels like but it's not real and people forget that it's not real mm-hmm. and all of a sudden people think like ooh this person is easier to deal with than the person at home. This person, this is very exciting. Right? Well, yeah, it's fucking exciting because someone else wrote the dialogue right. and you always know what to say. <laughs> yeah. They think you're funny because someone else wrote your jokes and, yeah. you know, and they look great because they have makeup on 24 hours a day. And, you know, right. you want to wake up next to this first thing in the morning, believe me, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's fake and people fall for it. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't blame them. It's, uh, it's not easy, but... Um, it's a weird, you know, Hollywood and this business is, is, is very strange. And there's a lot about it that, um, you know, one of my, my first agent told me, don't believe anything that you hear in Hollywood and, and still only believe half of what you actually see because even that's not real. So that was good advice that helped me. Oh, that's interesting. No, it's true. Whenever I hear about, no, go ahead, go ahead. What? I was just saying that really hit you, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm trying. There was something. (laughs) I I have been. I know. I um. I uh. I forgot what I was. I was watching something. I just feel like whenever I hear the backstory of anything I've ever watched, like Mm. something I liked young, whenever I'd hear the behind the scenes of it, it never matched what I thought it was. So I remember like it took me years older. I think I was talking to a comedian about this when I early on, when I was doing things like a, like a TV thing, whenever I would show up, it always like smacked me in the face, how it didn't match at all what it had looked like or what I had thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, So that, you know, and I, I do think people get caught. I guess what I was asking before with like, when you got married young is people do get caught up in like when, especially when you're working in showbiz, it's a lot of like attention and, you know, um, some people can get caught up in like, Oh, well I did this. So like now I can like get P you know, these kind of people to like me or this right. kind of a thing. But it seems right. like it's maybe it's better, you know, when you're like more stable, mature, young, so you don't get caught up in that stuff. I think one thing I'm thinking, did you ever see the movie Autofocus? Not that this is a good comparison, but (laughs) (laughs) that's all about how he was this kind of, he was like a, he was famous and he got caught up in the whole like vapidness of it. it. And that can be, it was kind of a good story because it's like, that sounds like, the ultimate situation, but it actually was his downfall. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, you know, one of my favorite lines is, uh, you know, the, I can't remember where it appeared first, but it was, you know, a, an actor saying, don't you know who I think I am? <laughs> like, you know, complaining about it, <laughs> trying to get hilarious. a restaurant reservation. Like, don't you know who I think I am? <laughs> and that sums it up. You know, it's like, if you fall for all the bullshit, uh, you got to be careful, you know, and there, I, I know there are times when I fell for it. I'm sure, you know, there were times where my wife was like, Hey, take it easy there, bud. <laughs> okay. There, Mr. TV star, you know, go take out the fucking garbage. You know? um, and, uh, you know, it's like that, that old adage, you know, was, uh, chop wood before, before success, chop wood, carry water after success, chop wood, carry water, you know? And, yeah. I remember, I remember hearing Bill Murray make a comment about, 
when you like have success in entertainment for like two years, you're an asshole and luckily you'll get out of it. Some people don't get out of it, but the, the lucky ones stop yeah. being an asshole because they finally realize. Um, Took him a long time, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, the Groundhog Day, you know, it's just over and over again. <laughs> right, right. Talk so. to me two years from now and see. I don't know what going to say. Yeah. Um, all right. All right well, you guys got anything else? We, I probably no, that was, this was great. Thanks a lot for doing it. This yeah, is thanks really for coming on. Happy to talk to you guys. Thanks for yeah. thanks for shooting the shit with me. And uh, um, you, do you have anything to plug or anything? Or no, I got nothing, man. I mean, <laughs> we all buy Duracell. Buy Duracell. Yeah, buy Duracell. <laughs> you know, Yo, batteries Duracell are fucking optimum. dope, dude. Yeah. Hey, listen, <laughs> we need, everybody needs batteries these days. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. That's it. They they last a long time. These batteries. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's it. Listen, just everybody be safe and stay well and stay away from other people as much as you can. And you uh, too, man. Yeah, th- yeah, Fair stay safe. Th- thanks a lot. Uh, we really appreciate it. In person, so I'll look forward to that. All right, okay, cool. All right. You were great, guys. Yeah, great. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, man. Take care. All right. All right, have a good one. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, we will see you on the next episode of Last Exit to Brooklyn, Beach Edition. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys.